Hi, it's Jamie, progressive number one, number two employee. Leave a message at the... Hi, Jamie, it's you, Jamie. Don't be alarmed, but I think there's a guy following you. Maybe we should get that guard dog we talked about? Nothing too scary, maybe like a Bichon with an attitude? You know, Progressive's collision insurance covers injured dogs and cats at no extra cost, so... Wait, the guy stood up when I stood up. He's on the phone. He's looking right at me. Oh, wait, it's just my reflection. Don't tell anyone about this. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Pet coverage not available in New Hampshire and North Carolina. Hello, hello, hello! I am Matt Williamson. This is the Locked On NFL Podcast. How's everyone this fine Monday morning, afternoonish, noonish? I uh, probably listening to this Monday evening or in the afternoon. I had a great weekend, getting over a cold, uh, been staying busy with the fam. Hope everyone is doing the same. But really digging into off season prep here. You know, I mean, really looking at through the eyes of GMs of each team, and that's what we're going to do today. We'll probably do the same thing tomorrow. Today, we've been counting down for those of you that are new or unfamiliar. When the Packers got eliminated from the NFC Championship game, I did a State of the Packers offseason. That was two, three weeks ago, whatever. Uh, last Friday, I think it was, it was late in the week, we did the Patriots. Today, I'm going to do the Falcons. I think tomorrow, I'll do the Steelers. I th- we have a guest set up for Wednesday draft talk. Thursday will be Twitter Thursday, and then maybe we'll do another team on Friday, see what else happens, you know, what else comes up in the world. Um, so some of these shows will be kind of short and concise, but just really digging into one team, how I would handle things, how I think it'll go down, free agency, draft, cap situation, all those things. And we're going to dig into here the Falcons in one minute. But just one draft note that just kind of came across uh, from the score. You know, it's a, a place I write for, thescore.com. Um, and I also have their app. Their app is outstanding. You can really customize it. It's good stuff. I tr- Trust me, you should dig into that. But anyways, Alabama linebacker Reuben Foster. Um, it sounds like he's going to be out of action for about the next four months because of a shoulder situation. So he won't obviously be working out. You know, he won't be at the. I mean, he won't be doing things at the combine. I'm curious how this affects him because, to me, from what I've learned thus far, and I would say I'm probably step four of ten in my draft prep. But he's an easy one. I mean, this guy's a top ten type of player, like a Keekley coming out. You know, one of those type of no-brainer second-level guys that does it all. Superstar. You know, if you're talking about a, a true linebacker as a top 10 pick, you know, that's a pretty impressive prospect. And that's where this guy is curious where this drops him. You know, there's been a lot of talk of him going maybe to Cincinnati or, you know, there's a lot of teams in that five to 10 area that could sure use foster. I wonder how much this will affect him. I just wanted to keep you aware of that though. So one other note before we get to the Falcons here was Victor Cruz was released uh, this is comes no shock to me. He's expensive. Uh, you can't be investing that much in him, but he's a big-name guy that all of you are aware of. So I just wanted to keep you guys in the loop. Um, ha- certainly not the player he was. Gosh, man, it's been like probably four years ago since he was a highly effective player. Three years ago, all the injuries, now getting up in age a little bit. I would imagine he'll get a shot somewhere, but obviously not at the the price that he was making with New York. So New York needs a, you know, especially if they're going to run exclusively three receiver sets, I think a wide receiver is pretty high on the priority list, although they need a lot. 
Um, okay, let's talk Falcons. Uh, as they sit cap-wise right now, they're middle-of-the-road leaning towards bad shape. You know, that they don't have a ton to spend. But the cap is so high this year, I don't think they're going to have any cap issues. Um, I don't think it's going to be a problem for them. They're not a team that needs a lot. So I don't think cap is going to be a problem. But they're leaning towards the non-spending neighborhood where it stands right now. You know, they're probably 20 seconds, something like that, in a league that way. Uh, the only guy that comes to mind that they could move on from and cut and open up a little more space is, is Brooks Reed. That's a possibility, I would think. I don't think it has to happen immediately. Um, so that's, you know, noteworthy. Uh, we'll stick with defense, you know, that their free agents to be are Dwight Freeney, and I would imagine he's contemplating retirement. Uh, if he wants to come back for a one-year deal, I say bring him back. You know, he was highly effective, but don't count on him, obviously, for the long term. And then the other guys are Babineau, Warlow, Upshaw. So if you, you know, if you cut Reed, if you don't bring back Babineau or Upshaw, Freeney retires, Warlow, to me, doesn't really move the needle. Uh, those are just the bigger name guys, but you'd be a little light in the front seven, especially you know on your defensive line, outside linebacker, however you want to call it. But your your big people on defense, I think, would start to get pretty thin, um, and we'll get to that in a minute too. You know the other the other free agents on offense, their fullback Patrick Demarco is somebody they used a lot. I mean, I think they're going to have to give him a legit deal and bring him back for a couple of years. Um, not the fullbacks are impossible to find, but he's what you want, and he's doing exactly what, as they're looking for. Um, they've their, their next two tight ends are Tololo and Jacob Tammy are also up for free agency. We've seen a you know as we talked about leading into the end of the Super Bowl, see a ton of different personnel groupings, and that goes back to the fullback formations. Uh, sometimes you'll see three tight ends on the field for Atlanta. I'm a big Austin Hooper believer. I think he's an NFL number one tight end, but it sounds like depth there is going to be a problem. Not that I'm doing jumping jacks to bring back Tammy or Tololo, though. I mean, uh, again, a very good tight end draft. Maybe use a third-round pick there, and you pick up a veteran on the cheap. Maybe it's one of these guys. Fine. Okay. Um, The last prominent free agent, which really is not a very big list here for Atlanta, is Chris Chester. And some, he's guard. Uh, to me, I may have overrated this Falcons offensive line going into the Super Bowl. Not because they underperformed against the Patriots, but just in general, I think it's a good line. I don't think it's a top five, six, seven line. The more I think about it, the weakest area of that line though was Chester. You know, at, at one of the guard spots. So there's also talk he might retire. I, I would probably let him move on his way or lowball him, bring him back as a spot starter. Uh, we'll get to needs and what we're going to do in terms of draft and free agency here in a moment. Um, but it also, I think, is noteworthy that, and every team has some of these, to, you know, everyone had injuries, but you get back Claiborne, you know, he'll, he'll certainly enhance that, that defensive line rotation and has some versatility. Uh, played a lot of snaps before his injury. I think that's somebody they're still counting on. A valuable player for them. And you get back your best defensive player in, in Trufant, and one of the best corners in the league. And 
you know, while he was out, a lot of those younger guys and, you know, Alford and Collins and all the other corners have played so much. And we talked about so much going into the Super Bowl. Got a lot of valuable reps. And now you got four deep at the at the corner position and two young safeties and an exciting young secondary with Trufant as the leader there. Uh, to me, that's exciting. And, and Trufant, to me, is a great player. Not a decent player. I mean, a great player. So how do you handle free agency if you are the Falcons? I would say, like I said, you don't have a ton to spend, but you're you're not strapped. Um, there, you know, with the exception of the exception of Demarco, I'm not aggressively pursuing any of my own. Babino's somewhat interesting, but he's up in age. I don't think he's all that, you know, super valuable to you. I would say that your team needs at this point are a guard. I think you need a starting guard, and to me. If you can make that a great player, then the offensive line could become a great offensive line. You know, if your worst spot from a year ago in that starting five is a really impressive, not even a pro, I mean, a pro bowler, borderline pro bowler, above average starter, that could go a long way to making this a great offensive line. Um, so to me, that's their number one need this offseason. And then their number two needs a little vaguer, and it depends what happens with Freeney and Upshaw and Babineau and those guys. But I think they need to enhance their defensive line. You know, it'd be great to have a true pass rusher opposite Beasley. Um, I think they could use some bulk in the middle. You know, this defense has traditionally had a Brandon Meebane nose tackle type. It'd only be a two-down player, but... Um, if you put a big body in the middle there, you know, they're, they're a light, active, athletic defense. But I think it'd be useful, a certain, you know, short yardage. You don't have to play them all the time. But I think a, a pure nose tackle type would be great. But overall, my goals this year for the Falcons, get the Marco signed. That's small potatoes. Get your guys back. Find a starting guard that's a major upgrade. Enhance the defensive line, you know, big guy rotation. And so th that's pretty doable. I mean, to me, that's pretty doable. I, I think you also take care of some business in-house and you lock up Trufant, you lock up Freeman. And I think Ryan's contract, Matt Ryan's contract is coming up around the corner too. Uh, I think it's a good, good off season to get all those guys locked down, show the team that you don't want people leaving, that we're in this for the long haul. We plan on going back to many Super Bowls. We're going to pay our top guys. So, to me, that's pretty feasible um, and not all that difficult of a wish list to figure out. Um, in free agency, I would probably be real interested in Jonathan Hankins, um, Brandon Williams. Those guys are going to probably make a little bit more than you know, Don Terry Poe. One of these nose tackle types that isn't super old, you know, they're coming off their first contract, they'll be expensive, but if you're going to make a splash, I think that would be a good one to do it, and they don't have that guy right now, and again, he probably isn't going to play a ton of snaps, and they had a massive rotation with their defensive front, but I just think that type of body type and plugger would be real helpful, you know, help the Deion Jones and Campbells and Neals of the world run and hit a little bit better behind them. Again, situational player, but with what Snacks Harrison made last year at this time, I'm not sure if those guys are going to come super cheap either. You know, not that the, the league is in massive demand of run stuffers, 
but it's something to, you know, they're, they're not quite as good as Harrison, but that's a pretty good group coming up. So I would be actively looking for, you know, somebody outside the organization in the defensive line, maybe a guard, but to me, that first round looks really enticing for a guard. And at worst, you use your second round pick on a guard. And if you look around the league, some of the best interior offensive linemen, and more specifically guards, are picks 25 to 40. You know, late first rounders, early second rounders, or teams are like, I can't quite use a first round pick on a guard, but this kid's really good. Um, I, I think you'd have a, a legit chance with the 31st pick to get the, you know, Freeney, Feeney from Indiana, Johnson from Pitt. There's a couple of them that would be the first or second best guard in the league or in the, in this draft. And to me, that would be exciting, you know, especially if they're, uh, have some movement skills and have future pro bowl potential, put them next to Mac, let them learn. So I would you know, roughly pigeonhole my first round pick as one of the top, top guards in this draft, you know, and, you know, I know guards not exciting and some of you Falcon fans are like, boo, I don't want guard in the first round. But I mean, if you can get the best or second best player in the draft at his position at number 31, a plug and play starter from what's already a Super Bowl team is an upgrade from the start and could become a massive upgrade take your offensive line over the top and start to be in the conversations with those top five ones, you know, that's pretty enticing to me. I mean, I would love that pick. And those of you that know me also know that I never turn my back on defensive linemen of all shapes and sizes too. You know, from nose tackles to three techniques to um, three, four defensive end types like a Hageman, for edge players, opposite Beasley. So that's the other thing that if I didn't go guard in round one, and even if I added somebody from outside the organization to the defensive front, um, I would never turn my back on a good one. So basically I'm saying with the first two picks, if you can go big guys on each side of the ball, one of them a guard, one of them best defensive lineman available, Shakti's still there, you got to grab him, plug him into the mix. Maybe bring somebody from the outside the organization that's a B-level free agent to the defensive line. I think you got a heck of a team yet again. And even if you don't do any of those things, it's still a high-quality team um, that I think most, almost everyone will pick to win that division again. And, you know, they're not going to lose a lot. It doesn't look like the offseason is going to be particularly harsh on them, you know, with the possible exception of losing your offensive coordinator. You know, he's gone and there's some different people in the building. Uh, but Scarsesian seems to be very much not going to change things. You know, he'll put some wrinkles in. But, I mean, the offense should remain basically the same. But you lose one of the best play callers in the league. And, and the relationship with Ryan and the whole deal and him running the offense is going to hurt a little. You know, that's some Super Bowl backlash. And that makes sense. But overall, I mean, that's kind of my state of the Falcons offseason. I know it's kind of a shorter one than some teams because there's not that much to do. You know, if you can add a starting guard that's a big-time quality player and reinforcements and some different body types to that defensive line, I think you're cooking with gas yet again, and the Falcons are legit. So that's going to do it. Um, unless something comes up, we'll break down the Steelers. Just so happens to fall on Valentine's Day. They're my Valentine. Isn't that cute? Anyways, um, that's a wrap. We will talk tomorrow. Over and out.
Napa know-how. It takes a lot to get excited about a bag, but most bags can't save you 20% on auto parts. That's 20% off headlamps, 20% off oil filters, 20% off virtually anything you can fit inside the 99-cent Napa reusable bag. So tell your buddies, there's a bag they just have to check out. Quality parts, helpful people. That's Napa know-how. Napa know-how. At participating Napa Auto Parts stores while supplies last. Minimum three items. Exclusions apply. Offer ends 10 17